Greetings, and welcome to the Cerebral Women Art Talks podcast. I'm Phyllis Hollis, your host. As an extension of my Instagram page, Cerebral Women, this podcast offers insights into the visual art world. I interview artists, mainly artists of color and female artists, who will freely articulate what inspires their creativity. In addition, you'll hear interesting perspectives from dedicated art professionals who work with artists and the art institutions that feature them. I'm confident that collectively, these individuals will indeed stimulate your mind as they do our eyes. Please know these interviews are conducted in my Manhattan apartment, so please forgive the background sounds of city life. Welcome to the Cerebral Women Art Talks podcast. In this episode, I feature Alina Perez. Alina, an artist from Miami, Florida, works with charcoal and pastel to create large-scale drawings on paper. She received her BFA in painting at the Rhode Island School of Design and was a participant at the Skowhegan School of Painting and Sculpture in 2017. As a young artist, she has had many accomplishments, from a visual arts fellow to attending multiple residencies. Her work was recently exhibited at Arcadia Mesa Gallery in London, Bloom and Poe Gallery in Los Angeles, and the Anna Zarina Gallery in New York. She was included in the 2019 Atlanta Contemporary Biennial in Atlanta, Georgia, and the New Prince Program at the International Prince Center of New York. Alina is currently attending Yale University as a 2021 Painting and Printmaking MFA candidate. Welcome to the Cerebral Women Art Talks podcast. I'm happy to introduce Alina Perez. Alina, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. So I want to dive right right in. Um, So when when in your life did you realize that you're an artist? How how young were you? I I was pretty young. Um, my mom put both me and my sister in, well, she put us in dance class and then she realized that it was my sister who was the dancer and I was not. And so then I, <laughs> she put me in art classes and yeah, I was really young. And I, I mean, I remember being like, I don't know, eight years old and like doing still lives and stuff. And yeah, there was a place called the Learning Tree of Art in Miami and they would like help you get a portfolio together and they told you to keep a sketchbook. And I think that was like, wow, I can, I can see something and then I can make it my own on paper. And like, I don't need anything else. And that was like a realization that I had really young. That was so super exciting to me. Was your mother supportive? Were you- yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm like super lucky to have a mom that is so supportive and, the arts and pushing me and my sister to do what makes us happy, like regardless of anything else. I think she really, she says sometimes she like really wanted to be an actress and it was so different back then. And I think, you know, when you were raised a certain way, you kind of realize that you don't want to raise your children that way. So she was like more lenient and more supportive and what we, really wanted to do and I mean I I have to like thank her for so much that I have now it's great that you appreciate it um so those memories as a child uh, are any of those reflected in your work yeah I think 
I think if you were to ask me that like a year ago, it would be a more obvious like answer and you would see it visually in the work too. Like these are drawings that are relating directly to memories and to experiences that I had. Whereas more recently I've been questioning like why, like there's no need to just copy a memory. There's no need to like regurgitate something that happened to me. Like there's a, I've found like a freedom in making something that maybe didn't happen or trying to question the memory itself. Cause I, I mean, I'm really interested in how your memory can change and how perhaps an image can like change the memory. And so finding that like truth in the image and being like, oh, this is like something new I just created that can then affect how I'm gonna act in the world today. And it's not just based on like my own, like traumatic experiences. No, I can like rewrite that, if that makes sense. It does, and, and I'm curious, with that change, are there certain themes that remain that continue with your work? Yeah, the, the word that like comes up is love. I think that that's a theme, a feeling, something that I've, I wouldn't say like I've been obsess, obsessing over, but definitely something that has come back because it's like you're, you are taught in a way what love means, but at the same time, like you're feeling it and it might not match the way that you were taught it. And so I'm like in the work now, like I, I feel like I try to go beyond figure, but then the figure keeps coming back too. like where um, it's so like the, the body is so important to how we experience love. And so that's kind of always been a recurring theme for me. And, but then I, I also like curious about well, how do plants teach us love? Like how does taking care of an animal teach us love that like, maybe not a relationship with a human can do all the time. And that's some, those are all like recurring all the time, like coming back. Were there any particular artists that influenced you when you really started to take your practice very seriously? Yeah, I, I mean, I am constantly looking at like the master painters, you know, like, you know, Caravaggio and Goya, well, Delacroix, Velasquez, like all these like big names that are big names for a reason. And I, I actually remember doing a project once on Frida Kahlo. And I think that was like the first time she has a painting where it's, it's her and then another figure that's also her. And they're like connected by these like veins and tubes. And I was, I remember seeing that and feeling so like strange and struck by this image and I think that that was definitely the first time I was like wow like you could there's this thing in front of me that's not like a real person and they're not talking to me but I'm feeling so emotional from this and like those are the those are like the artists and those are the pieces of art that I see that I'm like this is what I want to emulate or this is like inspiring to me like I want to create something that's gonna make you feel like you don't know everything, you know? You don't know everything that's out there. Like there's so much potential for you to grow. And that's how I feel when I see art that is inspiring. You know, it's interesting because their art 
aside from hers, is, is fairly dark. Whereas I don't mm-hmm. find that darkness in your work. Yeah, that's interesting to say. I mean, I think there are a few pieces that stick out to me in my work that have this like twinge of darkness a little bit. And that comes from what I was saying before, where I was focusing more on parsing out and drawing directly from these experiences that I went through when I was a child. And I don't know if it got tiring or it got to a point where I'm just like, there's no need to like replay these memories. There's no need to dwell on these things that now it's like, I'm the one that's making them an issue in my life. Like I'm the one that's bringing them back. And I think art can, it has given me that power of being like, I can decide what I want to feel or like what I want to do and who I want to be. Because you could, I can just like create what anything I want And if I could draw a memory and make the memory an image, then I can also draw something that changes the past. And that's like, that's like the main, that's probably the main thing I am thinking about right now. Like how, how can these images I'm making change the past or change the future? That said, what do you feel is the purpose of art? That's a really interesting question and a very, (laughs) it's It's loaded. Yeah, it's huge. The purpose of art. I mean, that's almost like, what's the purpose of, what's the meaning of life? Um, the purpose of art. I mean, I do think it's to, it's to make, it's so that the viewer, people or the artist, anyone can like, I kind of said this, but understand that there is so much more than just your experience and your perspective on what's happening. I think art has that opportunity, has a potential to do that for us, to show us there's like so much more than what meets the eye, than what we see. Things can change, things are always changing. There are things happening around us that are like on another level that we're just not capable of, of seeing with our like own eyes. And I think art can do that. Not that it should, I mean, I don't think that there is necessarily any like hard rules or expectations, but I think that art does have that potential and that's like one of the most beautiful potentials that art has. When you're painting, do you think of your artist and do you think of ways to convey this, the message of love to them or even wonder if they see it? Oh, to like the audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, I think because per, when I experience work, I, I know like usually you're not, the artist is not there to tell yeah. you like, this is what I want you to feel, or this was my intention. And so when I do see these, when I do see something that, I feel like is teaching me or inspiring me. It's it's almost like the artist wasn't even thinking of doing that. They were just able to have a power that like th- this passion that just like pushed through the surface and into the viewer and I and so when I'm working, I am not necessarily thinking like, oh, I how can I make sure that the viewer right. sees this or feels right. this? I'm, right. I'm more like if I'm able to tap into the space in me where I'm just flowing and it's going, then the viewer will feel that. Like It's like a trust. I think I'm learning to trust the viewer a lot more than maybe I had before. Trust that they will see what they need to and that's not necessarily up to me to decide. And that is like a freedom in itself for me. Yes. So, so what type of pleasure do you derive from creating art? Oh, I mean, 
I think it's so much fun. I think it can also be scary though. So it's all of the emotions in one, but like I, since I, I, I use charcoal and pastel and I make drawings on paper, it's very physical. And so it's almost like exercise for me. And then sometimes it's slower. And I think it's, it's like a game sometimes too, where I notice that I'm so in it and I'm having, I don't know if it's fun, but it's something else. It's like a piece. And then I realized that like, oh, like four hours has gone by, but it felt only like five minutes, you know? So how, how have you been doing during COVID? How has it impacted your practice? Yeah, I, I mean, I remember when the, okay, kind of like the beginning of COVID, I think a lot of artists were kind of like saying how, oh, this doesn't really affect me too much because I'm always in my studio quarantined myself anyways. <laughs> and while I can see that, I can also see how so much change in what, like not being able to, like meet other people, not be able to like experience things that maybe before were like sources of inspiration where you're just like people watching or in a, you know, going to a shop and like being able to like feel all this stuff around you. Now it's like, you're only feeling yourself and you know, the person that you live with. And so I don't think it, it hasn't like affected my practice that I'm like not able to, I'm so thankful that I still do have access to my studio. And, you know, even if I didn't, since I just work on paper, I'm like, I'm just easily satisfied, like give me a piece of paper and a pencil and I'll be happy, you know, which is great because I feel like if you're an oil painter, you're not necessarily going to be happy doing that in your house. Same with like people who need access to like machinery and stuff like that. Like I feel very lucky that my calling has been to this dry media that is just, I could like pick up a stick and like, you know, use it. But COVID, I mean, it's definitely affected the way that I think though about my work because it's, it's, a, I think everyone's realizing now, like we only have, this sounds cheesy, but we only have each other and we, we only have today and like, what am I going to do today to make sure that I'm at peace and can go to bed happy? And so that's like, that's like going to studio. That's saying, I love you to my partner. That's like feeding our animals. Like there are these little things that are actually huge. And that's always been important to me in my work, but now more especially, it's like, how can I cultivate love every day? <laughs> so it sounds like the COVID is reflected in your work now. Yeah, maybe, maybe not like literally, like I don't think I'm making like quarantine drawings, but it's definitely just reminded me of what's important, you know? Do you think a year or two or three years from now that your paintings will reflect the quarantine? I, you know, now that, now putting it into, like I haven't necessarily thought about this, but I think it could. I think I'm actually my studio right now, I'm like looking around and I feel like there are so many scenes that are indoors, you know, domestic, like between me and my girlfriend and like what we have together right now and how we're holding on to each other, how we're leaning on to each other. And so I do, I feel like now saying that, I'm like, yeah, that, I guess that is being affected by this new way of living, 
you know, every day. It's definitely a new way. Let's talk about your work. I'm curious about your choice of colors, your color scheme. Mm. What, what motivates you to choose certain hues? Yeah, I, it's interesting because some, I have like very saturated and colorful pieces. And then on the other hand, I have very, I have black and white, like just pure charcoal and eraser. And I, I used to be more like, oh, what does this dichotomy mean? Like, which, like, which one's better, which one's worse? And I mean, now I, I understand that it's, it's just what's necessary or what feels more correct for the feeling, for the image, like what's working. I feel like everything, every mark has to be in service of the image. And so if there is something that just like when I'm thinking about feels very colorful or feels blue or feels you know, green, then that's what my hand is going to gravitate towards. But then sometimes there are things that I'm like, this is very graphic. This is an image in my mind that is like demanding to be seen with no frills, no, nothing in the way, just pure mark making. And then those are like the black and white pieces that come out. I love color though. (laughs) And so sometimes I feel like now I'm, I'm trying to, I'm wondering like, how could they live in the same piece? Like how can color penetrate like the black and white scenes? Like, is there a way to use it selectively or like, what do these hot spots of color mean in pieces that are more just like on a gray scale? And so again, it's like fun. It's like, it's like this challenge of figuring out what's the best way to serve these figures or this world that I'm creating? Like, what do they need? What do they want? Like, I'm like going to ask the paper, what, what do you want from me? (laughs) Or ask the figures, what do you want from me? At at any point, did you uh, lean towards abstract work? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I feel like I'm all over the place sometimes. (laughs) And even in my like talking, I'm like, I can see a figure to, I can see like a drawing that has a figure in it. And I'm like, we could talk about this as abstract, <laughs> you know? Some uh, so, a few pieces, yes. But no, I, I mean, I do, I think sometimes I, I am like, I'm trying to draw something that is maybe it's only animal imagery or maybe it's like me. I, uh, well, in the beginning, before I actually start drawing, sometimes I will have like smaller pieces of paper where with my hand, I'm just using like charcoal powder and you know not trying to draw anything but just slapping the paper and in this abstract form I'm like squint my eyes and trying to see like what is coming out to me and I feel like that sounds a little crazy but that I'm like there's my subconscious like what image is trying to come out without me facilitating or putting labels onto it and so like, that's kind of where the abstract will come in for me. And I, I do that on large paper too. I'll just like start hitting it with marks and my like piece of cloth that's like really dirty and not really worrying about anything. And then standing back and being like, oh, that kind of looks like an arm or that kind of looks like a figure holding another figure. And then like just going with the flow and seeing how that will turn out. Interesting. And have you always worked with with dry media? Yeah, it's always been 
there for me. Like I've, I've always made drawings, but when I was an undergrad, I definitely did painting, but there was a turning point when one of my professors was like, Oh, Alina, these, I can tell that these images are strong, but only because of the drawing underneath them. Like the paint is not adding, Hmm. it's not doing anything. And it almost like unlocked for me, like a freedom of like, I don't need the paintbrush. I don't need to worry about mixing colors on a palette. Like I can do everything directly on the paper. And I like never painted again. I mean, maybe I tried painting like a few years ago. I was like, oh, I'm like curious. But it was, it just like didn't do it for me. And I think that drawing is just so direct and it's fast, but also slow. And I love the hard surface of the wall and just not having to hold, like I'm literally, I draw with my hands. I don't need a, like a, like again, I don't need a paintbrush. I don't need paint. So I don't need anything else. And I, I really like that about drawing. Interesting. Interesting. This has been a great conversation. And, oh, thank uh, you. We're coming to a close. So this is our final question. And that is, what do you feel your role is as an artist? I really, so I really don't want to like sound cheesy, Phyllis. <laughs> but <laughs> I know it's, it's a holiday. Um, <laughs> I know, right? I, I mean, I think my role as an artist, like, really is kind of a responsibility to myself is to just be myself is to take care of myself and others as best as I can. And then through the work is to just like continue to show myself that again, like I don't know everything. And if I am open, then I'm going to constantly be learning and changing. And that's, I feel like that can also sound vague, but I don't think that there are these like big roles that we have to play. I think we just have to be true to ourselves and to one another. And in, in that, we'll see like how much better everything can be, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, Art, uh, I love it. Um, well, thank you so much. I, pr- I appreciate your time, your insight. Oh, thank you. You sharing with us how you've developed your practice. So um, thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much, Phyllis. It's been wonderful talking to you. And yeah. My pleasure. Enjoy the holiday season. You too. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Cerebral Women Art Talks podcast. For additional content, please visit CerebralWomen.com and be sure to follow Cerebral Women on Instagram.